Berkeley Yeast, creators of the bioengineered yeast, Tropics, and the newly launched Sunburst Chico, are now offering free overnight shipping on domestic orders of $1,000 or more. All California orders ship free. Berkeley Yeast, ordinary yeast made extraordinary. This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This episode was made possible by the following sponsors. Discover more ways to enhance flavor and maximize beer yields with Salvo. Now available in varieties like Sultana, Trident, Lotus, Calypso, Cascade, and many more. Discover how Salvo can help boost your brew at hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. Everybody knows that yeast plays one of the most important roles in brewing, no matter the style and recipe you choose. Yeast simultaneously influences flavor, aroma, acidity, brightness, and mouthfeel and brewing a lager is no exception. Discover our entire SAF lager range at fermentus.com, where you'll find yeast for traditional to modern style lagers. I was pretty impressed right out of the gate, um, just with this, the potential of this hop. It, it stood out to me, that's for sure. We were really stoked with it. That was actually my favorite out of the bunch as well. Brewers can't buy a hop if they don't know it exists. There's something special about how, you know, they're not marketed to you and in your face and in your inbox every day. This week on the show, the experiences of five different brewers who've used the most recent public hop variety released by the USDA. Hi, it's John Trogner, co-owner of Trogue's Brewing Company in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hi, this is Max Schaefer. I'm the brewmaster for Pure Madness Brewery Group, which is Roadhouse Brewing and Melvin Brewing Company in Western Wyoming. Hey, everybody. This is Jeremy Monier, Senior Manager of Innovation here at Stone Brewing in Escondido, California. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is John Langing. I'm the head brewer of Nine Mile Brewing Company in Bloomington, Minnesota. Hi everyone, my name is Eric Sandrud, owner of Sandrud Hop Consulting in Malacca, Minnesota. I didn't get to spend much time away from my booth at CBC this year, but about the time I was dying for a beer, my friend Jasper Ackerboom from Jasper Yeast walked by in his bright yellow tracksuit and mentioned that some of the beers at the Hop Growers of America booth were really good. And he specifically mentioned a Vista beer, which grabbed my attention because I've never tried a beer hopped with Vista before, uh, but I really wanted to. and. I was blown away. It was awesome. Uh, John Henning called Vista an aroma bomb on episode 232, and and I was skeptical, but it lived up to the hype. So, 
I asked Eric if he knew anything about that Vista beer at the HGA tent or booth. And Eric, what did you tell me? <laughs> well, I said I know at least one thing about it. And I know the guy who was in charge of brewing it. Okay. And uh, so that's right. So it was brewed by Stone. And um, so we've got Jeremy here from Stone uh, on the line. Jeremy, tell us as much as you can about that beer. Yeah, glad uh, glad you liked it. We got a lot of good feedback, so that was really nice to hear. And we were very stoked to be able to do the beers again, actually. This, it, I think it's our second or third time doing them for the Hop Girls of America booth. Um, but uh, our, our small batch uh, brewing department that does all our R&D, Steve Gonzalez runs that. And he came up with a single hop um, recipe years ago. And this is basically the recipe we use for um, all of our single hop trials. And so if some of you are familiar with Stone, we do a lot of hop forward beers. And because of that, we're always trialing different hops, um, whether they're public or private or from United States or New Zealand or Australia or wherever. Uh, we're always looking for new flavors and aromas. And this is the basis of uh, how we run them through the system, at least that first step. Um, a real simple single hop IPA recipe, two row, you know, no other malts to kind of interfere. Um, we do use the same bittering hop. So we take that variable out and then the trial hop is put in uh, in the whirlpool. And then of course, generously in the dry ho hop. Uh, we use the same yeast every time, which is our stone house yeast. And uh, we actually go up to 7.7% ABV, which seems to be a little controversial. We've had people say, well, that's much too high for a single hop trial, but we feel that the alcohol actually helps in really bringing out uh, the hop along with that, um, you know, the volume that we use for the recipe. And so the Vista that you tried and liked um, was that recipe. And the other hops that we did, because um, there was a total of five, all had that same base. Um, that's just the difference being, um, you know, that trial hop. Um, and we were really stoked with it. Um, that was actually my favorite out of the bunch as well. Uh, we've done Vista in the past. Uh, this is our third go around. So I think the first time we did it uh, was a few years ago when it was still a number. Um, and I've seen a lot of progression from that first trial that we did uh, to this most current one. It was vastly uh, different and better than that first one. Um, Why do you think it, that is? You know, I, I think with trial hops, you know, it's a challenge. You have, you're only growing so much. Uh, maybe you're only processing them on a small scale. And there's always, you know, room for error when it, when it comes to that. Plus, I think as you do reps on these hops and as the grower learns how to grow them and they start to really understand the picking windows um, and even, you know, you could go further and say where, where they're better to grow at, um, I think you get improved quality. Um, and we've seen that with a lot of different types of, you know, different varietals. Um, and this one was pretty dramatic to me because the first time we had it, it was, you know, more kind of pepper. It still had some citrus, but a lot of wood and kind of earth and nutty. And as it kind of progressed through the, the trials that we did in the last couple of years, more fruit came out. It was more vibrant for sure, especially this last one. Um, 
at, at, that we did at CVC was very intense and vibrant and just more complexity overall. So I think there, it's probably a twofold answer. I think development of the hop gets better over time. And I think, um, you know, how the hop is used, if you're not doing a single hop recipe, can really affect that too. As you start to, you know, you start to know what you're doing on the single hop side, you start thinking about combos and what you can do with it further on down the road. Okay, awesome. Um, I, anything else you want to describe about the, um, I guess we, did, we didn't really describe the, the actual flavor and aroma of that beer. Is there anything you can remember about it that you'd like to say? Yeah, for sure. Sorry. My hop rabbit hole always, right? No worries. I get going. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, I always get, um, and in this one, definitely some cool kind of berry and, and strawberry notes to it. There's always citrus involved with Vista. And like I said, I think that's gotten more intense over the years. So, you know, kind of tangerine, tangerine peel, um, maybe some lemon in there as well. But I always get this really cool strawberry and grape component that I just think gives this hop um, a lot of complexity. Yeah, I, I thought, um, I, I, I remember thinking, wow, this is really complex for a single hop beer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that just shows you how, what hops can really lend towards beer. You know, this is one hop and it's giving you, you know, seven or eight different kind of fruit flavors. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, I want to hear about everyone else's first encounter with Vista. Um, does anybody remember their first Vista rub? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is Eric. I mean, I, I don't know that I was, I probably wasn't the first one to do it, but uh, we, when I was farming hops in Minnesota, we were an, uh, trial farm for 074, which was Vista's number. And I remember rubbing Vista in the field for the first time. Uh, we had it alongside 008, and, which is yet to be released. I believe that was the 2008 for the super nerds who have any idea what I'm talking about. And um, what eventually was released as Triumph. And 074 stood out among that batch as being just an, an incredible kind of sweet fruit and huge cones, uh, at least here in Minnesota. The cone size is maintained. That's kind of one of its hallmarks in the field. Um, but I remember that first rub. It's John from Trogues here. I remember uh, 074. Jeez, this was, seems like a while ago. Um, but it being completely different than what the Vista we've been using lately um, is, which is kind of similar to what Jeremy was saying. Um, it was a lot more vegetal and not as bright. and. Um, didn't quite have any of the exciting flavors that, that we're getting to know now. Um, so not sure if that's just because it's from a different farm or different window or just getting grown um, in a larger patch, but radically different than, than what we're using now. Yeah, I agree with that on the, on the rub as well. I think when we first rubbed it, we didn't get a whole lot of, of fruit. It was more of that vegetal quality, um, and that's, that's improved over time. I'm very interested in what I've been experiencing as it's come into the market um, is I've seen mm, noticeable or at least like distinctions based on the growing location of Vista. And so I think there's a lot of things happening here, like as you all have already mentioned, but there's, there's something happening with farmers figuring it out, acreage expanding, more states coming on board. Um, you know, it seems to hang really well, which is going to be good for the long-term viability of this plant and, and, and 
you know, growers rotations, but, um, it's, it's really nice to hear that. I'm glad to hear that, you know, we're moving in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Cool. Anybody else want to comment on sort of their first, uh, um, you know, their first experience with, with, with Vista, whether that was, you know, um, in a rub or, or a beer or what, whatever. Yeah, this is a John Langing of all the Johns we have here. <laughs> so the uh, initial time I had it with it was still when it was uh, 074. And I can't remember, Eric, if I got some of that through you or not. I'm assuming so. <laughs> but um, one of, I think the most memorable one was when Eric, you and I were talking about doing a uh, like a, a couple of Vista collabs for CBC last year uh, in Minneapolis. And we did one that was a West Coast leaning one and one that was uh, a New England leaning one. And that particular um, lot of Vista that you um, ever so lovingly uh, snagged for me um, was kind of an outlier from everything that I was hearing from other people. And then the like one initial time at my previous brewing job here in the Twin Cities before I came to Nine Mile, was kind of everything y'all have mentioned already before uh, with Vista. But this particular lot that we used here at Nine Mile last year was just lemon all over, like bright, zesty lemon, candied lemon, like as like overnotes, and then like some floral kind of geranial underneath that, and then a little bit of melon underneath. But I mean, as we were using that, like Eric, um, like we were both kind of riffing off each other. This is. This is intensely lemon and like more so than um, kind of you thought that I thought it was, it just stood out as I haven't had anything that lemon forward as far as like a rub or anything in the uh, final product in like a while since, you know, like lemon drop or Sriracha Ace or something similar to that. So it, it stood out to me. That's for sure. Yeah, we still haven't been, we still haven't been able to track down where that came from. Right, John? Right. I mean, like a growing location. Yeah, I kind of forgot about tracking it down. So now this kind of <laughs> reminds me. I kind of really need to do that. It was through so. Crosby, y'all, and and we yeah. know that Crosby wasn't growing it yet. And I don't say I don't think they are yet, but we knew that it was you know shift around, and we knew it was from twenty nineteen crop year, right, or twenty twenty crop year. I think I think it was nineteen. And so that means it could only have been from trial farms because it was still labeled O seven four on the bag. So it's like. There's only a few options, <laughs> but we would love to know about pick timing and the, and the state location because what that box, you know, that those bags are so fascinating is like, is there this like hidden secret second face to Vista that is lemon forward and in lemon forward in a way that, that I also have never rubbed a hop so lemon forward. Um, that'd be fascinating to be able to find the second face if that's possible. I, I'll say that. Your 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 most the most likely ones are the Washington trial yard was was Siegel and then Idaho the earlier years were all grown by Nate Jackson and then more recently Diane Gooding has planted some. And then I think just this year is gonna be the first year of, of planting in Oregon, although I'm not hundred percent sure of that. So I guess what I'm saying is it was probably Siegel or Jackson or Gooding, and then if it was a younger plant CLS did a first year Vista harvest this year. Yeah, we we actually trialed from Siegel uh, uh, before this one a couple of years ago, um, and that kind of tracks on kind of the progression I'm seeing in these flavor 
in aromas. We should have asked John Siegel to join us, but that would have put us way over our John quota. <laughs> oh, that's a five. That's a five-hour podcast. Okay. All right. I want to hear more about um, beers. I want to hear more about you know the brewing you guys have done with Vista and um, you know how that's going, what you've been trying. So um, we've heard from Jeremy about the single hop beer at Stone. Let's uh, give some other folks a turn. Who else wants to tell us about some of the beers they've been making with Vista? Is it useful for me to just offer, since I'm the common thread between all of you, like, here are the beers that I know that you've made with Vista, right? So we know Jeremy is the HGA CBC beer from this last uh, CBC. Uh, John T, you were a Scratch 489. Um, Max with, with Roadhouse, you guys have done the flow as well as others, I imagine. And then John Line Gang at Nine Mile, it's in your uh everyday hazy called current obsession as well as a number of other beers including last year some cbc collabs just so people kind of are on the same page about what i know about y'all's experience with vista cool thanks eric yeah i can chime in on on what we've been doing with vista and kind of our progression with it um i remember i I don't remember what point but it was at a one of our winter or summer meetings for the hop research council smelling Vista and in, in tasting some of the single hop beers with it. And I was pretty impressed right out of the gate, um, just with this, the potential of this hop. And so we, at Roadhouse, we started, um, pulling in a bunch of the material, the available material at the time. And we, um, to complement our larger production facility, we have a, a, a pilot system in our brew pub. That's, it's a 10 barrel brew house with, with five barrel fermenters. So we're able to do split word streams for exactly this purpose. Um, and so we started, um, taking, you know, our, our own in-house kind of hazy and more clear leaning IPA bases, um, that don't necessarily have hops that we find bully the profile. We really want to let those, those hops shine, but we also, you know, we've played around with the single hop and and a little bit more complex hopping and we've kind of landed in the middle make sure that there's a friend in there for uh, the hop we're trying to showcase and just see how they interact and so we, we brewed i think four or, or five uh batches of this of, of vista forward beers and um hazy ipas pilsners you know, we brewed some pretty traditional lagers, you know, and uh, West Coast is inspired IPAs. And, and we, we really fell in love with, uh, with Vista and, um, and we've integrated that into a year or it's a summer, it's our summer seasonal called the flow, um, which is, is very heavy Vista. Um, and, and we, we complemented it with some cascade and some Idaho gem as well. And, um, it just, it, it provides us really amazing and unique, flavor profile that we don't see in, in most of our beers, which most of our, our heavier hop leaning beers, you know, we have a heavy citra beer and a heavy mosaic beer. And so to have Vista, um, showcase in one of these beers is, is really rounds out our, our hoppy profile in portfolio. We, we find we get a lot of melon and a lot of peach out of our Vista. Um, and it's fun to hear all of you guys talk about the different aromas and flavors you've gotten from Vista because, um, we have seen the strawberry and, and obviously just your generic citrus and um, tropical fruits, but we, we do get this pretty heavy melon um, in our, in our Vista. And, and we just really love what it does for a, a summertime beer. Um, and it doesn't provide a heavy mouthfeel. Like I feel some of these new newer hops might be introducing into some beers. Um, and we just love like how in, insanely drinkable this 5% session IPA is with uh 
with a heavy load of Vista. So we're big fans. We use it all the time. Um, I love using it in our in pilot brewing and just seeing how it plays with friends. Um, it plays well with your big heavy hitters, your citras, your mosaics, and it plays well with with your traditional public sea hops as well. So we're big fans at Roadhouse of Vista. Banks are using it mostly, uh, are using it all over the place or more so in, in dry hopping versus Whirlpool or talk about that a little bit. Initially, we were using it all over the place, just trying to see what it would do for us. Um, you know, we were we were adding it at kind of our 20 minute edition, which we've really honed in on as something we love the flavor trend. Uh, the transfer of flavor through those 20 minute editions with all of our hopping. Um, and then we were going heavy whirlpool, um, for the flow in particular, it is a very heavy dry hop. Um, I think it's predominantly in the dry hop actually. So, um, we get a great expression from that and, uh, we played with it in the whirlpool as well, but we just found we got this much brighter, bigger expression of Vista when we just jam packed it into our dry hops. Awesome. Thanks, Max. Uh, who else wants to talk about some of their Vista beers? Um, as Eric mentioned um, before, we are house hazy or New England is called Current Obsession. And uh, it previously, when I opened, it's one of our core beers, when we're only barely over a year old, a year and some months, um, it didn't have Vista in there initially. But after you know trialing Vista and messing around with it quite a few times, especially in the two beers that Eric and I did uh, together for CBC last year, it's like, you know, I'm. I'm a pretty big fan of this. It's growing on me a lot. So I decided to trial uh, it in the in current obsession. So beforehand, it was uh, Idaho 7, Eldorado, and Estate Grown Comet from uh, Crosby. And I decided to sub out Estate Grown Comet, although I love that hop. Like, you know, if this goes well, I can utilize that in a ton of other places. So I subbed it out, uh, subbed out that Estate Grown Comet for Vista and to what max was saying earlier a lot of heavy melon on what i was getting from uh from crosby and then kind of like those underlying notes of you know tangerine a little bit of apricot stone fruits uh things like that and after that initial run uh out through the tap room um big fan so i, I kind of immediately switched to using the vista i have on contract now to um it's it's in current obsession all the time now even though it's 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 Idaho seven heavy with you know Eldo and Vista being kind of a supporting cast in the finished product itself, that melon character really carries through um, to uh, pair with everything else that uh, you know Idaho seven and Eldorado give off. It's 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 a great synergy with everything. I'm a really big fan of it. Coming up, we think it's really important to support the basically open source breeding program in general. Just being a part of the community overall and being good neighbors. Without that, um, it things shut down and get very expensive quickly. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. There's really only one thing that keeps this podcast going, and that's when listeners like you take the time to thank our sponsors. 
The next time you talk to a rep from one of these companies, be sure to thank them for their generous support. Sponsored by the folks at BSG, who understand that the best beers start with the best ingredients. That's why all BSG hops are hand-selected for quality by their expert staff. So you can trust you are getting the very best hops from the very best growers in the U.S. and around the world. Discover BSG's extensive range of domestic and imported hops at bsgcraftbrewing.com hops. Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Positively impact your process, product, and profitability with actionable insights from BrewIQ, the industry-leading real-time fermentation monitoring solution. Visit www.precisionfermentation.com backslash MBAA to start saving time and money today. I know a pretty good place where you can pick up some Vista right now. Visit the Lupulin Exchange, where you can find every hop variety, every brand, and every vendor. Compare prices, reviews, shipping speeds, reliability, and more on over a million pounds shipping direct from every hop merchant and grower in the U.S. The Lupulin Exchange. One stop, all the hops. And here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. District New England meets June 16th at Valley Malt. District Philadelphia's annual golf outing is June 23rd in Barnesville. District Northern Illinois' shop talk is June 29th at Noon Whistle in Naperville. District Michigan's summer social is July 8th at Fitzgerald Park in Grand Ledge. Master Brewers has teamed up with ASBC to put on a two-day raw materials symposium August 3rd and 4th in Bloomington, Minnesota. District Milwaukee meets at the Molson Coors Miller Inn September 21st. The world-famous Master Brewers Brewing and Malting Science Course begins September 29th. The 2023 Master Brewers Conference will be October 6th through the 8th in Seattle, Washington. District Michigan's fall meeting will be at Founders Brewing in Grand Rapids, October 19th. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Haven't joined Master Brewers? Now's the time. Just for listening to the Master Brewers podcast, become a member for $123 for the year. Head over to mbaa.com and use code BEER2023 when you join. Now back to the show. I guess that leaves John T to talk about his uh, his Vista beers. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, sweet. <laughs> Jeez, we got way back. We have a small three-barrel system. We like to play around and get to know hops in general. Uh, so we do single hopping, very similar to how Jeremy described it. Um, once we key in on something that we're interested in, in this case, uh, our Vista had a really nice white peach and melon. Um, we try to just tinker around and figure out what's the right recipe for that hop. And is there a, a needed combo to go with it to amplify or and or kind of tone down? Um, so I guess the one that's been out into the world as a scratch beer was, was an IPA, um, just kind of play around. 
found that it played well with our citra. It's very um, heavy in passion fruit. So we kind of figured the passion fruit and white peach would be really nice. Um, it worked great. Uh, I will say that I, th I think it deserves a lighter beer. Um, so you can really get the essence of this hop to kind of come through. Uh, it's a really good supporting hop that holds up a lot of flavors. Uh, but that white peach, if you're not careful, kind of gets muddled and, and uh, tamped down. So we're actually down the path of almost a light lager. Uh, it's like, a, I call it a petite lager. It's a 30% corn base, you know, sub four ABV. And I'm going to gonna go down a really light dry hopping path to see if we can hit that, that white peach and get that melon to come out a little bit. Uh, but yeah. Nice. It sounds cool. Super, super crisp and bright. Awesome. Okay. Um, Jeremy, I, I don't know if, um, you know, obviously you told us about the, the single hop beer f you guys did for HGA. Have, have you guys, um, are you guys interested enough that you're integrating Vista into some other beers as well at Stone or not yet? It was really this uh, at CVC and that beer that really kind of ignited us to starting to talk about, you know, Vista and what we can do with it. So um, nothing that we have at the moment, but it's definitely in our plans. Several of you mentioned some other varieties that Vista complements. Does anybody want to mention any others or talk about, uh, you know, any other, um, you know, synergies with other hop varieties in particular? Yeah, we we make a rotating hazy series called Mountain Jam. Um, and we we picked up a bunch of this Vista initially just to try and, and move through some some material and, and get some more trial and experience on it and, and kind of chatting with the folks at the HRC a couple of years ago. And we we focused on Centennial pretty heavy with Vista. And it turned out to be a really, really lovely beer. And those, I think, you know, for me with with the centennial at the time that we we had that that year's selected lot was was pretty citrus heavy it has this nice little kind of pine note to it it was, it was a pretty generic um centennial didn't didn't wow us didn't you know wasn't wasn't you know something we pushed away but we were like wow this is a pretty cool hop it's got depth it does have um a really nice oil content oil character to it as well that we we paired with that vista and it really popped um and it, it both of those hops kind of really stood up um that beer also had um some chinook in it um I want to say there's a little bit of citra in it as well, um, but very, very, very minor amounts. We really wanted to focus on um, some of those sea uh, uh, hops, those old school sea hops, if you will. And and I just remember smelling the Vista in the bag, you know, on, on the first brew and, and smelling that Vista and, and rubbing it with our brew team and then putting it into this beer and how it kind of just translated throughout this entire the life of the beer, right? Super fresh off our canning line and then kind of how it morphed 30 days after being in can and, and then even towards the end of our dictated shelf life. Um, it just evolved and it's remained complex and fresh. And, and again, that pretty heavy melon uh, complemented by this, this rather generic citrus and, and pine component from from Centennial and, and a little bit of Chinook. So um, we, we like I said, we, we love playing with it all over the place. And I think it, it stands up well uh, with, any, with any friends. And obviously, as Jeremy has mentioned, we, you know, it's a great single hop too. There's some really great depth to Vista. Um, and, and for us, we've always complimented or used that Vista in, in a lighter style beer, um, something a little bit more sessionable, but it's a great hop and it plays, it plays well with everyone. <laughs> um, does anybody else want to comment on sort of, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Max earlier who said that 
you're using, uh, you know, heavy on the dry hop side. Does anybody else want to comment on sort of, you know, um, different points of use and, and any observations you've had, you know, okay, it's more this or that if you do this, you know, if you, if you utilize it more on the dry hop versus elsewhere and, and so on, does anybody have any observations like that? Or is it too early to say that? We're still kind of plugging around with it, but I do think Whirlpool has a place for the white peach flavor. Um, not a heavy a handed approach and we do chill the whirlpool geez i think down to 180 or so um, but that seems to amplify it just just a little bit more okay anybody else uh i've dip hopped with it before and um i got you know kind of assorted citrus out of it with you know kind of tangerine as a front runner on that uh I, it's i use a pretty heavy um heavy-handed whirlpool edition for the, the house hazy i do um i've used it in classic kettle editions uh varying dry hopping whether that was a front runner or kind of just a back note to it just trying to pull out kind of anything and everything i can out of it and it, it's been fun to see kind of the variation on you know all the like the notes that um everyone else has mentioned or if it was that kind of outlier lot that i had that was just lemon all over and whether it pulled out more of that like candied lemon or more of that bright like freshly zested lemon or what kind of floral notes were coming out of it uh and then to go um back a little bit to uh what y'all were saying about kind of light sessionable beers i did toss it into a grisette once and that was actually a really good beer to use vista and it played off really well with um you know all the light refreshing notes of just a little crusher grisette just curious, do you guys think that Vista would be sold out everywhere right now if it had come out of a private breeding pro, uh, company rather than coming from the USDA? <laughs> wow, John with the hits. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to uh, start some name calling and some fights. It's not a mean-spirited question. I mean, the, 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 the truth of the matter is, and we've talked about it here on the show before and, and other places, you know, the USDA doesn't have a marketing department, right? So, you know, there's nobody uh, out there, you know, filling your inbox every day with reasons why you should use Vista, right? Um, you know, I think, uh, Eric is probably the closest thing Vista has to a marketing department and maybe now this podcast, I don't know, but, um, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's nobody out there other than the folks like Eric who are, you know, um, uh, want to bring some support to the, the public breeding program and want to shine a light on, you know, some of the new stuff that's coming out, uh, you know, there's not a marketing machine behind it. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, do you think that the, is this hot? I guess another way of saying that is, is Vista every bit as good as some of the proprietary varieties that have come out that have gained a lot of momentum? I th I mean I I love the the fact that you just called out that Eric is the Vista marketing department because that's how he <laughs> and I met we uh, <laughs> I, you know the the we met through you know just me being a brewer using Vista and Eric was like hey can we talk about this and I was like yeah totally um yeah I I think that's a great point that there is isn't this massive marketing campaign and there's not a ton of money going into the marketing and beautiful graphics and fun merchandise and whatever you know eric did a great job with the merchandise the vista merch i wear my vista hat all the time and i've almost worn to death but you know if you look at my backpack i've got other 
HBC varietal pins and all sorts of stuff. And, and it's pretty wild. I remember that, that first year wearing my Vista hat. I think that was in Minneapolis at CBC and Vista kind of just come out. The number of people who didn't know what Vista was compared to the same brewer who could rattle off 10 numbered varietals from private breeding programs, which is unbelievable how people can latch on to three digits and now in some cases four digits and can recite back to you all of this stuff about these these hops and how you know they they've used them in beers they've tasted with them etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so yeah i think i personally think vista is a really awesome hop um and i'm really excited for people to keep using it and i would like to think we'd be seeing a lot more acreage going in if there was a big marketing push behind it because i think it plays across light beers and, and big heavy dry hopped ipas um it's really cool to hear that um john is brewing a grisette with it like that's a really cool application of a pacific northwest hop um going into a belgian style or french style beer so maybe with some marketing we'd see more acreage Cool. I, I want to hear some other, some other folks answer the same question about you know if if they think it's every bit as good as uh, some of these proprietary varieties. But, but but since we've kind of alluded to it a couple of times, Eric, why don't you real briefly just um, talk about your project with with Vista and why you are the de facto um, you know marketing department of it? I'm bringing up my little spreadsheet here to see how much uh, the marketing department has spent and how much time <laughs> we put <laughs> it's into. It's a pretty it. small but sheet, I bet. Su su suffice <laughs> to say that it is uh, it is an embarrassingly small amount comp to uh, you know what what hot marketing budgets are in the industry. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's a volunteer effort that is that is it's not even or an organization. It's not for profit. It's not not for profit. It's not a thing. It is an effort uh, by myself, a few friends. Um, the support of Pints and Panels, who who helped us with the sort of Vista logo that's out there, um, and the coloring. Um, you know, it, it was it was inspired by that this kind of thought of well, brewers can't buy a hop if they don't know it exists. Vista was a hop that I had personal experience with farming it, and was really happy with it, and, and happy with how it performed in some beers really early on. And I thought, hey, you know, someone should try something. Um, and despite the, the, the relative smallness of the Vista effort, I mean, this volunteer pocket change sort of stuff, like um, Vista's marketing campaign has had an impact. I mean, I've talked to growers, many growers who are like, I want to be growing it um, if, if this wasn't here. Uh, I, and brewers are like, I've never heard of it, but I heard about it through the website. You know, and it's like, that little teeny effort is making a difference. Um, and it just makes me hungry to say like, okay, well, what happens if we like tried a bit, you know, like what if we did, you know, 10% of what a traditional sort of, uh, you know, in private label hop treatment might get in the marketing space? What would that do for a public variety success? And I'm not saying that I think every public variety should like look like the rollout for every pub for, for big proprietary varieties. I don't know that that's, that's the answer here. But like a more even playing field. I mean, I kind of like the there's something about this aspect of brewers discovering public hops or exploring them and getting to know them themselves. So that, and something special about how, you know, they're not marketed to you and in your face and in your inbox every day. Um, this discovery aspect. I think they should be a little bit more marketed so that they are easier to discover. Um but but there's there's something really special about some of these public hops, and um, you know it just breaks my heart when when any hop 
um, and gets released and then, and then forgotten about or moved on from without having its full sort of potential explored. I think about that in like a biodiversity sense, like, you know, what does our industry miss when like Triumph fails to launch, you know, or, or any hot variety fails to launch or a variety gets to like final release stage, but then gets passed over. Uh, like, you know, Comet was rediscovered, you know, after being out for a while. It's just, it's just interesting to think about hops in that way. Sure is. And just, we, so, just so people know what we're talking about, because I don't think we really explicitly said it, but basically, uh, and correct me if I if I get this wrong, but, you know, to sum it up, you, you know, you basically said, hey, let's create a logo for Vista, let's create a website for it, and let's talk about it, you know, uh, and you've got some, you know, interviews with growers and, and stuff like that, and um, and made some t-shirts and stuff, but that, that was your effort. You said, hey, you know, I'm not trying to make money off of this, let's just put this out there and say, you know, hey, um, let's create some awareness around this this new variety, right? Yeah, I mean, what the Vista project is, is it's vistahops.com. It's at vista.hops on Instagram. It's a brand identity with colors and a logo. And, you know, there's some merch that people can buy on the website that proceeds support public hop research. It's, it's really not a lot more than any of that. Really thankful to a number of different uh, folks who did some interviews with me or like quasi podcast style things, some of whom who are here and done collabs. Uh, just using the vistahops.com is kind of a gathering space um, for that. And then the vistahops Instagram for kind of promoting and lifting up, you know, when people tag it or if they hashtag uh, vistahops or if I see it come across my screen, I'm able to, you know, repost it and boost it. Um, and it's just fun to see the activity that's come from that effort. That's cool. Okay, awesome. Um, I want to continue on with uh, with my last question. Anybody else want to chime in on? You know, is this is this is this hop every bit as good as a proprietary hop, or not so much? I mean, they, I think just you know by that beer that we did um, for HGA, it showed that it it's a special hop. And yes, I do think it can be alongside the proprietary hops as well. Um, it's, you know, it's been really nice to see the, the public hop program get more robust and getting more resources put to it. And obviously we've talked about marketing is definitely a component of that. Um, you know, what Eric's done is great. Um, I think HGA doing their booth every year is fantastic. And I think that continues to shine the light on public hops. Um, but, but yeah, you know, and it just, it's also, it's challenging, right? Because there's, a lot of hops out there right now. There's a lot of a lot of breeding and a lot of different hops. Um, so the landscape's getting full too. Um, but as long as you still have that connection between you know between hops getting in brewers' hands, and the connection between growers and brewers is stronger than it's ever been too. So there's a lot of conversation that goes on between those two groups that helps kind of propel these hops as well. Yeah, Jeremy. John from Trigs here, just jumping in on that one. Uh, we, we think it's really important to support the basically open source breeding program in general. Um, while we love the proprietary hops and we use mostly those, of course, like everyone else, um, just being a part of the community overall and being good neighbors, uh, searching out these public varieties that are for most source uh, open to anyone to grow, uh, we feel is super important. For the for the well being of the the industry in general, um, without that, um, it things shut down and get very expensive quickly. 
Yeah. I was at, I forget one of the conferences and I ran into a friend of mine at AB and um, I was asked, we were this a while back and I was just talking to him about, about it. And I said, Hey, have, you know, have you guys used it? What do you think about it? And he was like, yeah, 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 we're using it. And, and I was like, well, I was like, what do you like about it? And he's like, well, we like that it's public. You know, that was the first thing he said. Uh, and it, it, he wasn't saying that to discount, you know, the flavor and aroma. He was just emphasizing that they, they really like that it's public. We, uh, are, are we, do we, direct contracts somewhere our Vista with a grower and um and we uh were were informed by that grower that A B wanted a good portion of of the crop that year and would we be willing to part ways with a, with a good <laughs> percentage of it. I've uh, I've chuckled the whole time because I'm like, what is A B doing with Vista? <laughs> right, right. Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I for um, one am excited for uh, you know, XYZ version of whatever with Vista. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Um, I'm almost out of questions for you guys. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to ask about, and you know, anybody can chime on, on this, but Eric probably knows, knows more than the rest of us about this, but, um, you know, uh, Dr. Henning, uh, indicated on episode 282 that, you know, one of the great things about Vista and some of these new varieties that are coming out of USDA is that they're, um, they're supposed to have good agronomics, you know, even outside of the major growing regions. Um, and obviously, Eric mentioned that, you know, he's grown some outside of the, the Pacific Northwest. Um, just kind of wondering what level of activity there is going on outside of the, the PNW in terms of, you know, Vista growing. Is there, you know, is it, is it something that we're going to start to see growing all over the country? I do know a bit about that. Um, I know there's Vista being grown in Montana, Minnesota, Vermont, Michigan, Wisconsin, and New York. Uh, like for certain, I know those things. Um, I would guess that there's some being grown in other states, but those are the only ones that I you know, know for sure outside of Pacific Northwest. Um, I've been trying to get my hands on, on hops on Vista from those other states and some of them are still going in. Like this might be the first year for a lot of those harvests. But I know talking to uh, the guys at the Hop Guild, um, uh, Chris Holden and company, that New York Vista is well received and I think fits into the overall sort of Vista profile. You know, terroir and hops tends to not... It's more common that terroir is is like... um. An, extend, an extension of a hops characteristics or maybe an, 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 uh, highlighting a hops uh, one of its characteristics over others versus like completely a whole different, you know, kind of experience. So I, I, I'm excited, though, to see what this kind of reflects as across these different states. That was Eric Santarude, Jeremy Monier, Max Schaefer, John Leingang, and John Schrogner here on the Master Brewers Podcast. Visit VistaHops.com to learn more about Vista, to connect with the Vista Instagram, or to pick up some cool Vista merch. And don't forget that 100% of those proceeds are donated to support public hop research. Just think about the meaningful difference we could make to the public hop breeding program Kayla told us all about a few weeks ago on episode 281. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support. Stop.
Thank you.